and welcome to episode number 148 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, joined each and every week by Brett Colson, where we run down all the big news, all the big happenings, all the craziness going on in this gambling industry out there. Of course, you can follow Brett on Twitter at Brett Colson. You can follow me at Matt Brown M2. And you can follow the main accounts at the Lions US. Now, this is a uh, first uh, midweek pod here of 2021. So happy new year to you guys. Hope you had a happy holiday season as well. Brett, we are sitting here on January the 4th. We know who has made the NFL playoffs. We'll talk about that. We are going to get into the new, uh, the 2021 version of golf that is about to start happening here. Of course, we have the college football national championship that is still to come. And uh, we've got a a, a new little happening over at our YouTube channel as well. So uh, 2021 looking really, really fun. Appreciate all the support of everyone, not only listening to the podcast, but uh, watching the videos and everything as well. Massive growth on both ends there. And uh, we, we really do appreciate it all. Yeah, man, there are so many sports going on right now. I'm having a hard time keeping up with everything. But um, we got through the NFL regular season, I think. Was that a long shot to, to actually happen? Uh, I mean, I think on time, I, it was a long shot. I yeah. was positive they were going to add a week 18. If I would have, I would have lost some money on that bet for sure. But it would have been the only seems, bet you lost this year. It seems as if they cared, though, a little bit less about the COVID cases as the season rolled on. Like at the beginning of the year, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to postpone games and move things all over the place and move bye weeks and all that or whatever. And then as the season rolled on, they were kind of like, oh, you have to play quarterback with a wide receiver off the practice squad. Sounds good. That sucks for you. Like, you know, like it it, it was it was certainly a we're going to jam it in in 17 weeks, but we got it done. We're here. We have the playoff teams. And, uh, you know, one of those teams happens to be your Buffalo Bills who might be playing some of the best football in all the NFL. Uh, yeah, I, I think they are right now. Uh, that game, uh, that game on Sunday was just baffling. What? I mean, what the hell was that? <laughs> like, I, think, uh, I, 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 and I don't know. I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect coming into the game. I didn't know what, what uh, Sean McDermott was going to do. As it turned yeah. out, it didn't really matter. I think they were just destined to blow the, the Dolphins out regardless uh, of what they did in that game. The Dolphins just didn't just didn't show up to play football in that game. It was kind of I, I wanted to see a good game. I wanted to see the Dolphins make a go at it and they just handed it to hand it to Buffalo. So that was kind of disappointing to see. But yeah, the Bills are, are playing some amazing football, which uh, we'll talk about with the Super Bowl futures. Yeah, so, uh, you know, how this all, as as we all know, um, how this all played out, it will be the Colts and the Bills, it will be the Rams and the Seahawks, it will be the Bucks and the Washington football team on Saturday. On Sunday, three more games, it will be the Ravens and Titans, Bears and Saints, and the Browns, and the Steelers will run through those odds and totals and all that stuff here really quick, but, uh, you know, let's talk about how these games kind of played out, and Brett, you know, I was fortunate enough to have a couple of in-game opportunities. And this is, you know, in you guys that live in States where you're able to play in game and you have the, uh, the apps available. Brett is not able to do that. He can bet at his casino down the road. He cannot play in game right now because they won't allow mobile gaming. But um, there were a couple of different opportunities that presented themselves. I just want to highlight some things like that, like this for uh, things that you can look forward to as the wild card round rolls around. And, you know, if you want to get involved in game, the first bet that I was able to make, Brett, was the uh, I took the Titans and I got plus three and a half on the Titans in in game. And you remember where they fell down briefly to the Texans there at the end of the game. I just went through with my pregame conviction that this Titans team was going to be able to win this game. Now, I didn't think that they were necessarily going to cover. I didn't play them to cover. I played them in teasers, um, but I was getting three and a half points. It was a defense that had been really and truly just uh, completely run over by every single offense they played over the last two months of the season in this Texans team. And I figured when it came down to it and all was said and done that the Titans were going to be able to get that drive they needed to get this thing uh, to get this thing home. Now, I did not expect things to go the way that they did. I did not expect them have to hit a a bomb at the end at the very end of the game to be able to set up a game winning field goal that doinks off the post. I might add and goes through um, that being said, all I'm saying is I followed up a pregame conviction in a pretty great opportunity because they were getting the ball back and 
getting the ball back down and catching three and a half points against a defense as poor as the Texans was something I was definitely willing to, uh, to to roll the dice on. And, you know, these are kind of the in-game opportunities I think you can really look for towards the end of a game because here's the other thing about me taking that three and a half points, Brad, and, and this is something that I think, you know, we're when the strategy comes in. When you're trailing that late in the game, you're also getting an extra down every single time from the team whenever you take that team that's catching the points because what's going on with the Titans is – Every single da- every single time is four down territory at that point, right? So they are going for broke to get back into that game and to score a touchdown in the game. And so um, from, from my standpoint, I'm like, okay, I'm getting four downs out of these guys every single time. And then on top of that, I'm going to, uh, I'm getting the far superior, you know, offense compared to the defense in this situation with the, with the Titans and Texans. And so, you know, one in-game opportunity there, the other one being the Washington football team last night, where I was able to get in in-game on that one at minus five and a half, whenever they were up three points, but the, the Eagles had decided to make the switch and go to Nate Sudfeld and, you know, the algorithms, fortunately, you know, very rarely are we able to, to get ahead of these algorithms, but the algorithms did not take into account that, Oh, by the way, they pulled the starting quarterback and put in Nate Sudfeld. So despite the fact that Washington was receiving a, was receiving the punt and, uh, and everything, I was able to get it at minus five and a half. And again, just, just things that as you're watching the game, you're able to take advantage of. And as you do that, you know, you can become a more profitable better as well. Yeah. Information is King. And if you're not following Twitter and betting in game at the same time, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, that's, you have to be doing that. You have to be getting information as it comes in and there's no better outlet than Twitter and following beat writers who are at the game and see things before anybody else. No, absolutely. And they were saying that Sudfeld was warming up on the sideline. I had read ahead of time. And mm-hmm. this is actually a perfect segue into kind of the next thing here, which was the outrage that went on on Twitter last night. And, and even in the talk shows and the radio, you know, talk, sports talk radio, whatever, about about Doug Peterson deciding to pull Jalen Hurts and go with uh, Nate Sudfeld in this game. I was not surprised at all. If anybody watches watched the video on our YouTube channel uh, where – I actually said, I mean, this was this was early Sunday morning. I said I read a couple of reports where where Peterson had said that he wanted to get Sudfeld action in this game. And like I it was it's on our YouTube page. Like this was not a shock to people if they had been doing their research into these games. And Peterson had said beforehand that he wanted to get Sudfeld action. He wanted to see what he was all about. And then he followed through with what he said that he was going to do. And everyone lost their collective minds, Brett. And I'm sitting here going. Why are we acting like this is out of nowhere? Like this was literally said. I even sent an article out and linked it to people. It's like it says it right here in the article that he said he wanted to get Sudfeld some snaps. Like it, was this just people? Uh, I, we understand what Twitter is, and it's a it's an outlet for people to to vent their rage. But like, was this just people looking for a reason to be upset, or do you think honestly there's that many people that didn't know that this was something that that he had already considered? Both. That's <laughs> probably both. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was, it, it's, this is a tough one. I mean, look, speaking as a Buffalo Sabres fan with a lot of tanking experience, like our fans were actually <laughs> booing this franchise in 2014 when mm-hmm. we scored. Like we were trying to go for the first pick. It was obvious. But I've been thinking about this a lot over the years because the Buffalo Sabres have made zero progress. I mean, they've been losing games mm-hmm. on purpose, getting, going for those high picks. It hasn't worked. Because I think there's a line somewhere between doing what's best for the franchise at the top level and doing what's best for the culture of the locker room. I don't know where that line is, but I think there is some damage if you are legitimately tanking when you've got all these players under contract for the next however many many years. Um, I, I, it's, it's just hard to know how much, how much does tanking help you versus how much damage like trust wise between the locker room and the franchise it does so i i don't know if the eagles are doing the right thing here by i mean it's obvious they were tanking right there's no other explanation for it they sat the entire roster and there's no reason to put nate sudfeld in that game other than to just lose right it was it was a situation of players don't tank but correct but front offices can 
you know, yes. and front offices can put them in a position to, to not succeed. And that is certainly what, what played out here. And I guess, uh, you know, so here's my thing. And the reason I don't have a problem with it, because in the NFL, there is no more important position than the quarterback position. There's no more important position than the quarterback position in all of sports. And if you have a chance and they don't know if one of those three quarterbacks is going to be available at six or not, but it's definitely not going to be there at nine. And that's what it, where it would have been had they had they lost, uh, had they won this game. And so with them getting the pick at six, there is a chance that one of those three quarterbacks is going to be available. And if you have a chance to take a, take a quarterback that could change your franchise for a decade to come, I have no problem with this whatsoever. And here's the other thing when people are talking about the integrity of this and and, you know, uh, you play to win and yada, yada, yada. But we have no problem when the Chiefs sat all their players and they lost to the to the Chargers. We have no problem when the Steelers sat their players and lost to the Browns. Why? Because they did it pregame as opposed to midgame. Like, what does it matter when you do something? It's all still the same thing. You are still not playing to win. The Chiefs went the Chiefs would have been a touchdown plus favorite over the over the Chargers if they were playing that game straight up they went into that game as three and a half point dogs Brett I mean like that is the biggest truth serum in all of this is what the betting line ends up being in these things the Steelers as we know because we have a rematch of this game and we're looking at it right now the Steelers are four point favorites they were 10 point underdogs at one point for this game because they were sitting players and so I don't, the outrage is crazy to me because they decided to do it mid game. It's so much different than two other teams deciding to announce it and just do it pregame. I, I I don't know. I just, all the outrage is crazy to me. Um, the, when you basically look at it, the Eagles aren't playing for the giants. The Eagles aren't playing for your bets. The Eagles are playing for the future of this franchise. And if they believe that they can get something that might alter that franchise for the next decade, then I mean, look, the Jaguars basically all but basically all but tanked those last two games. They sat Gardner Minshew. They sat James Robinson. This pat, you know, they sat DJ Chark. They just didn't do it as blatantly obvious. But look, they were tanking as well without actually you know coming out and saying we're tanking. So it, it's uh it, it's you know the NFL franchise. It would be different if it wasn't like one of these very top picks, I think to me, does that make sense? Like if you're, if, if this was like the difference between the 12th pick and the 10th pick or something like, I think it'd be way different. But when we're talking like a a top six pick and you know, for sure that a couple of these teams that are picking ahead of you are not taking quarterbacks. um, I think it's, I think it's something that you, I think it's something you risk. You still have to make the right pick. You do. You do for sure. I, I, a lot of these quarterbacks at the top of these drafts have been disasters. It's just so hard for me to to look at this and be like, all right, yeah, they moved up three spots to number six. You still have to make, you still have to get the right guy. And there's just so much luck. You don't know. You don't know. So <laughs> I just, I look, I look at what happened last night and it's just, it's just bad for the product. It's just bad football. And it turns people off from the game. It's it's gross. I understand why they did it. I understand their motivations behind it, but it was just gross. So I understand why people are upset. And I I don't I, I don't also, care about I don't care about Giants fans. Like yeah. come on, give, give me a break. How about I care this? about how about this? Win more than six games if you're worried yeah, about getting in the playoffs, exactly. right? Get, get I mean, here, there, there's fans. that. Yeah, I mean, like there's that. I mean, and this is the other point that I made. And like I understand, uh, uh, he still gives you a better chance to win. Don't get me wrong. However. Jalen Hurts was seven of 20 for 72 yards with no yeah. touchdowns and an interception. It wasn't True. like this was a dude that was lighting it up. And then like you, you pulled him, you know, you pulled prime Peyton Manning for uh, Nate Sudfeld. No, he was seven of 20 for 72 yards and no touchdowns and an interception. So, I mean, let's pump the brakes on this whole, like how in the world could you pull Jalen Hurts? It was like, yeah, I mean, he, he was, he was seven of 20 for, for 72 yards. I mean, that's how that's pretty no, that's pretty easy. Um, but anyhow, I, I have I have really, really, really not much of a problem with everything that went on with everything. Well, I'll tell you what did happen because of all this stuff that went on this weekend, Brad. And uh, we had a couple of more coaching vacancies that have been made official to go along with the ones we already knew about. Chargers, Jags, Jets, Falcons, Lions and Texans all will be looking for their next head coach this offseason. Um, 
of those, which do you believe is the most attractive job Chargers. of the ones that are I without a doubt for me, the Chargers? <laughs> like I've seen a lot of people say the Jags because you're going to get Trevor Lawrence. But no. here's the thing. We already know that Herbert is a stud. We've watched it happen the entire season. Now we believe that we believe that Lawrence is going to be a stud, but we believed that a lot of other quarterbacks are going to be studs. We know Herbert is a stud and you look around and you're talking Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, Hunter Henry, Mike Williams, all that talent on the defense. You got to remember with this defense as well. They were basically injured from the very get go this whole this whole entire year. Now you're talking, you know, Ingram, Bosa, you're getting, you know, these guys back healthy for the entire course of the season. I mean, there is a ton of talent on this team. I would imagine if you are a if you're a coach out there and you're and you're, you know, you, if you're one of the hot coaching names out there and you have your pick of the litter, like you said, it has to be chargers over Jags, but I can understand why you would also be excited about the Jags. Cause they also have a pretty, you know, a, a good amount of young talent on both sides of the ball that you could build around. What I like about the Jags too, is that they built this offense the way I like to see it built with the offensive line. They brought in guys mm-hmm. ahead of drafting a quarterback. This offensive line is actually pretty good. I mean, they ran the football really well this year. They protected the quarterback. Uh, now they just have to get their quarterback. So yeah, there, I think there is some promise here with this Jags team. The defense is still absolutely atrocious, but you work on the passing game first. And then, I mean, that's, that's where we are in 2020, yeah. 21, right? Like you build the, the passing offense first and then, then put on everything else together. Hey, so look yeah, no I, further I, than the chiefs, right? I mean, exactly. like, let's be for real. The chiefs defense is not like all that great, but I mean, they just have an offense that can outscore you every time. Yeah. But for me, it is obviously the Chargers. And I, the thing is, I feel like their window for being elite is closing. Some of these guys are getting older. Like Keenan Allen, Eckler's. I mean, how many more years does Eckler have if, if he can't stay healthy? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and defensively, Bosa, Ingram are in their prime. But how much left do they have in their prime? I don't know. And will we ever see Derwin James again? So a lot of question marks, certainly with that franchise. But the potential. This is a playoff team. You get a sharp coach in there. Mm-hmm. Who has a oh, clue yeah. who can help Herbert progress to be? I mean, this kid has elite potential. Elite. Look elite at these potential. teams in the playoffs this year, Brett. Like insert competent coach here for this uh, for this uh Chargers team and just let's just assume, you know, decent health throughout the course of, of 2021. Like you said, they are just stepping directly into a playoff team. It's not like a Jags where it might take two years to kind of get things flipped around there. It's not like some of these other teams where what are you really getting at all? Like you are stepping into a playoff team, which is why like, you know, as far as betting implications go for next year, I, I, I hope people undervalue this Chargers team to start off the year. If it's a competent coach and they, he brings in some competent assistants around him and stuff like that, like it'll be a bet on team for me as opposed to a fade team earlier in the year. I can promise you that. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll be betting on the Chargers right after the next season's betting markets are released. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling I will be invested early on in the Chargers. Um, it'll depend on who they hire, too. I, I want a, a sharp offensive coach in there, um, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm just glad we don't have to see Anthony Lynn again. <laughs> what's the worst of these? Uh, what's the worst of these jobs? Oh, geez. What, uh, I mean, I, I, I just feel like the Jets franchise is doomed, man. It, yeah. And it starts all the way at the top. They just don't, they don't bring the right guys in. It, it's... I don't I don't know what it is, but it that that franchise isn't going anywhere anytime soon. So that's just not that's not a team I would want to be involved with. If if I'm a like a highly sought after coach, that's I wouldn't touch that one. Yeah, I uh it, it's either the Jets or the Texans for me. You've got like JJ Watt who may, looks like maybe he wants out of town. You've got you start to look at that offense and it's like it's built to be I, but it's not ever yeah. going to be good. And it's like, so it's, you're kind of just inheriting a team that's going to be just good enough to where you don't get a good draft pick. Like you're like, you're basically just going to be stuck in mediocrity basically for a few years and then you're going to get fired, you know? So I don't know. It's like, it's like just good enough to go win like six, seven, eight games, but never good enough to actually get there. And that to me is like a, maybe even a more dead end situation than, than one that we have with the jets even. So yeah, it will be certainly, uh, it's going to be certainly interesting to see how these, uh, all of these play out with, uh, with everything. But, um, 
Let's talk, you know, one of the things that you and I picked up on pretty, pretty early. And then, you know, of course it didn't take everybody else long to pick up on, on it either was the fact that with the way that the rules were, were shifting in the NFL, that it was going to equal a ton of points. And we started we tried to put some statistics behind it. We were able to find some and put those out there for people to take a look at with these totals. And, you know, finally we got to a point, we adjusted all the way to where the average total was right at 50 points for the course of the year. Um, Do you think that this is going to be an overreaction next year? Or do you think that this is just kind of how we are going to have to, as betters, look at things moving forward that, you know, a low total these days is going to be 46. And like, we're going to be, you know, we're going to be looking at at every single average total coming in right around 50. This is Roger Goodell's NFL for sure. But I think you still have to factor in the lack of fans in these stadiums and the, 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 Lack mm-hmm. of noise in these cities. That matters. It absolutely matters. That that was where I was going with this. I'm glad you brought that up because that was going to be my follow-up to you was, do you think we will have an advantage early in the season next year because these totals might be a little inflated and once you get in there and like it's harder to audible and it's harder to draw guys off sides with the hard counts and all the different things like that because of the noise, do you think that maybe like, you know, first, because it'll adjust pretty quick, but like, you know, first three weeks, we might find some value on the underside of things. Very possible. Yes, very possible. I think it, it we, I mean, we're seeing these week one lines drop in like the spring now. I think that's an opportunity maybe to to hop in before anybody else does and, and get some of these, pick off some of these inflated totals because, I mean, that's assuming we're actually going to have like full stadiums in 2021. Yeah, we don't know true. that yet. We don't know where that's we're going to be yet. But yeah, assuming we will, I think that's probably an opportunity to bet some unders. How uh how did the NFL season regular season? Of course, we still have the playoffs and Super Bowl and and whatever. But how did the uh, how did the season go for you? Um, well, I mean, I I rarely bet spreads and totals during the season because I don't have access to mobile betting apps, like you said, and mm-hmm. I'm unable to get the numbers I want unless I drive to the local sports book, which is about 15, 20 minutes away. That's that's not something I want to be doing regularly. Uh, I did have several NFL futures going into the year, and it did not go great. Uh, I had, <laughs> I had Lions division win. Uh, that was dead seemingly from the start, yeah. and they gave that they gave that game to Chicago in Week One. Uh, I had the 49ers division. I mean, I bet that back in the spring before the entire roster died. I, mean, so, I was I mean, going to say like that. There's nothing you can do about that. I mean, that's just like, I mean, yeah, they had they had the most injuries to key positions and to key players that I've ever seen in the course of a season. Yeah. So that was another loser uh, right around even money there. I think I got them at like plus 110 or something. And then I bet the Browns division that was a loser, but I feel really good about that since they were right there until yeah, week yeah. 16. Definitely beat the market on that futures bet. And then I had the Bills division, which quite honestly, it makes up for every other loser because I bet <laughs> on the friggin' Buffalo Bills to win the AFC East. Yeah. At plus 160. Uh, they're the first time they won the division in 25 years and they did the damn thing. So I, I feel like I'm up on the season just for that. Um, but <laughs> profit-wise, no. It, it, not a very good year uh, for me. I'm, I'm looking to get some money down this week. I just haven't figured out where I want to do it yet. Yeah, there's... Uh... There is, you know, some hope for you yet that there will be mobile <laughs> betting in 2021. You know, yeah. we keep saying that repeatedly over and over again, but uh, there, there's hope for you yet that that will actually uh, come through. Regular season for me was uh, really, really good. Um, I think if you guys probably listened to the podcast with the three of us throughout the course of the year, you probably kind of caught on to that. We, we were we were on it more weeks than we were off of it this, this year. And um, I think in a year like this, Brett, where it really paid off a ton more to do as much work in his research, uh, you know, and as much research as we do, you know? And so um, in the weirdest of weird years, being able to know where to find the right information, be able to how to read the tea leaves, being able to, to kind of decipher what some of these teams may or may not do and all that. And it didn't always work. I mean, there was, there was one, real disaster week in there for me lost more money in that week than I have in, in the last, you know, five years. But, uh, by and large, it was a, a pretty phenomenal NFL season this year. And, you know, I think the main thing that I will continue to kind of beat the drum for here is if you're just betting straight up, if you're just betting straight up sides and totals, 
in the NFL, you're going to be a losing player. Like it is, it is not, this market is not meant for that. And especially now with them having so many other, uh, so many new betters, like these, these, these lines are getting honed down and sharpened and they are razor, razor sharp. Now it's not even, it's not even like it was before. I mean, we, with all, like you have big, high dollar respected groups and betters and sharps now in Colorado, in Illinois, in Jersey, in Vegas, in Iowa, in Indiana, it's soon to be in Michigan's Tennessee that are sharpening these lines like to, uh, uh, I mean, as sharp as they come. And so that's why you'll hear us talk about, you know, props and teasers and different things like that, because you can beat the NFL that way. That is, that is, it's, it's proven, right? I mean, it's, you can still beat the NFL that way. And so if you can take anything away from the stuff that we've tried to, you know, first half line, sometimes different things like that, like if, if you can just take advantage of those type of things, you can win at the NFL, but, but Brad, I am, I am, there are guys that don't, I'm not saying you can't, I mean, like there are guys that do, but for the average Joe, I'll just say this way. If you're betting just sides and totals and that's all you're doing, it is going to be very hard at the end of the year to turn a profit. Well, especially if you're doing it at the end of the week. I mean, the best lines you're going to get are at the very start of the week before the market matures, right? Like mm-hmm. you're just, you're kind of fighting for scraps at the end of the week if if you wait. So yeah, if you're going to bet spreads and totals, I would say get in early and often. Otherwise, you're just hoping to break even. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say that starting next year, of course, we we advocated against that this year. And I think that was probably the correct strategy, considering all of the wackiness and craziness that went on in 2020 with, like, you know, key players getting pulled and and entire wide receiver rooms and running back rooms and all that stuff getting getting having to exit games and all the things like that. So um, but yeah, by and large. Uh, you know, try and figure out where you want to be on a game. And, and, you know, if there's not any sort of major looming injury news, if you can get in, you know, with a, with some sort of conviction earlier, then it tends to be um, the way to go to beat the NFL, but just something to think about as we, as we move into the 2022 season, of course, I mean, 2021 season, just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep beating the drum for all of that stuff. It is wild card week in the NFL, Brett, and we are sitting here with uh, six games. I love this format. I hope they keep this format. Mm-hmm. I like having three and three. I like more footballs better for us, obviously. More footballs better for betting, for DFS, for the whole nine yards, which, uh, by the way, I should say congrats on your, uh, your nice little DFS win this this week as well. Very small investment with a very large return. So, uh I was, uh, I, I didn't quite, didn't quite have the return. You did had a decent little week myself, but you, uh, you were able to crush it this week. Yeah. Thank you to Jerry Judy. Well, actually, I think I, I made that call on the podcast on Friday that I was going to have all the Jerry Judy this week. And I, I did. And he uh, ripped off that 92, 92 yard touchdown, which uh, made me some money this week. So that was nice. Yeah, that was a, that was a saver for me on a couple <laughs> of lineups as well. I actually had yeah. a game stack in that one and it was, it was able to get me there. So I was pretty happy. Uh, about that. So as we start off on Saturday, like we said, it is the Colts at the Bills. This will be your first game on Saturday. We are sitting right now six and a half at DraftKings. We are sitting six and a half at FanDuel, six and a half points bet, six, uh, seven over at Bet MGM. The total is 52 across the board, except over at points bet, 51 and a half right there. Uh, Rams and Seahawks is four and a half across the board. And that is at all books, 42 and a half, your total across the board at all books bucks and the football team will be your last game on Saturday. That is at eight 15 Eastern time. The bucks are currently eight, eight and a half point favorites, depending on where you look eight at DraftKings, eight and a half at FanDuel, eight at points bet and eight at MGM. 45 and a half is your total across the board. There is one rogue 46 and a half over at MGM. Uh, Early week thoughts here, Brett, on these games, on these lines, on these numbers, on these totals. As we uh, as we try to, you know, we talk about get in early in the week with with, we just said that. So uh, if somebody wanted to get in early, does anything jump out to you, at least on these Saturday games? I mean, if you if you wanted to to make some money this week, you needed to get in really early because some of these openers I saw. Sunday night at points bet, some of these openers were uh, mind boggling. Uh, They opened bills minus four and a half that moved to six and a half so fast. 
Uh, that was a shocking one. The Ravens, they opened at minus one and a half. That moved to three and a half. I mean, we're talking like two and through key numbers here <laughs> that these lines yeah. moved to. So, um, yeah, that's, that's one thing. If, if you have a strong position on a team, uh, watch out for these openers because you won't be able to get a lot of money down. But there's definitely some opportunity. But uh, that was my first takeaway is that some of these numbers that were just so far off where they're going to close that uh, there was opportunity right away. Uh, the Sunday games, Ravens and the Titans, uh, as you mentioned, Ravens, three and a half point favorites across the board. Now, 54 and a half or 55 is your total. The 55 being over at points bet Bears and Saints. We have the Saints as now nine and a half or 10 point favorites out there right now. 47 and a half or 48 being your total in this one, depending on where you look, the 48 over at points bet, the 10 over at points bet as well. There's a 10 at bet MGM and then the Browns and the Steelers will be your 815 Eastern game. That is four and a half in favor of the Steelers. Uh, there is a four at uh, there's a four at MGM and at FanDuel as well. 46 and a half or 47, the 47 again being over at points bet. They are always a half point higher on all of these totals <laughs> over at points bet. So uh, it seems like they want to take a position, try to draw some action to you over there. I think my early week take is this, Brett. If you are a teaser player, hmm. um, I like the bills and the bucks in a teaser. I would probably consider the bills and the saints, though it's not your traditional teaser of getting it down through the three but you are getting it down to to three and a half um it's uh again non-traditional but if you wanted to play teasers i think those are the the couple of ways that you could go about this if you do want to play a teaser on the bucks i think my only advice would be to go ahead and get that in because we know how this we know how news works with these spreads brett and like i have a feeling that when Mike Evans is ruled officially in because the word out of uh, Tampa is that he just has a hyperextension on the knee and that he should be able to play. And once they come out and say that he is officially in, I think this is going to move out of the teaser territory where you can get it through the three. Like I think that these eights move to nines, these eight and a halfs moves to nine, nine and a halfs. And then at that point you're not getting it under the three uh, under the field goal. So my, my biggest advice, if you did want to, if you do want to play that teaser and you do want to play that leg of the teaser would be to just go ahead and get it in your account. Even if you want to make it for a little bit smaller and you can add on later if you want to do that. But um, it looks as if Mike Evans is going to play and we have seen these lines move on these injury news. Once they become official this year, it's the craziest thing. Like you can find this information like throughout the course of the week, but we we're seeing the lines move once everything becomes official. And so um, I think it's sitting right now at eight, eight and a half moves to nine, nine and a half. Uh, once once that news comes out. So uh, you might want to jump on it now. Yeah, I like that advice. Do you like any of these games as it sits right now early in the week? Do you have if uh, let's put it this way. If you had to bet one of the sides or totals on Saturday and one of the sides or totals on Sunday, which game would you be looking at? Uh, initially, I'm looking at the Los Angeles Rams plus what's that number right now? Is it four and a half? Four and a half. Yes, because I don't think there is much difference between a Jared Goff and a John Wolford in the betting market. So mm-hmm. that's my take on that. I think the Rams are for real. Um, and I, you know, I I loved him this past week. Is my favorite play this past week was Wolford against the Cardinals. Granted, we got a little lucky there because Kyler Murray didn't play for much of the game, yeah. but I thought Wolford looked fine. Mm-hmm. He's playing behind that offensive line that schemes protection and, 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 you know, moves mountains for the run game. So I kind of like John Wolford if he gets the start. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. I don't, I don't think golf's going to go this week, is he? I, I don't think he is. It seems like it would be, it seems like it'd be negative EV for him to go. Like, I don't know much. Like, uh, I've never spent one second in medical school, but it seems like a broken thumb on your throwing hand would be, would be bad mm-hmm. yeah. to try and play with. Yeah. Just my guess. So, yeah. That's that's my initial one. Not surprising. Uh, I am a lover of backup quarterbacks against the market. So, yeah, John Wolford uh, in the playoffs is my my initial lean right now. What about on Sunday? Any of the the Ravens, Titans, Bears, Saints or Browns, Steelers? If you had to play one side or total in that one, what would you go with? I I don't know yet. Wait, see, I thought Rams isn't Sunday. 
No, that's on Saturday. That's on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure yet. I'll have I'll have a much stronger opinion on on Friday when we look these over uh, at length. But I'm not sure about that one yet. If the Saints, which it does look like, if the Saints get cleared with Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray, and also get Michael Thomas back. I understand it's tough in today's NFL to lay double digits or, you know, I guess there's nine and a halfs out there, but this Saints team is, is head and shoulders superior to this Bears team. And this defense is going to make, I mean, look, we saw what the Packers defense made Mitchell Trubisky look like this past week and now amplify that by five because the, the, the Saints defense is that much better than what the, than what the Packers defense is. Um, I think it would be, I think I'd be looking if I had, again, if I had to play a, just a straight side on, on Sunday, I would probably just lay the nine and a half with the Saints. You don't think we're going to see any bears steam again this week? What the hell uh, was that? I what no was idea. that? Hey, listen, Hey, that was the greatest gift to me <laughs> on the face of the planet. Like they kept moving the line, which forced me to continue to bet it over and over again. Like they, they, they went for me having a nice win into having an awesome win on, on that game because it just kept coming in over and over and over again. I have no idea. No, no clue whatsoever. It's that thing hit most, three and a half at one point. Yeah. It's one of the most baffling lines of the year for me. Cause yeah. I, we, we, I was talking about this thing. This thing should close at seven and then it's moving the other way. Yeah late yeah. so I, I i just I, I couldn't wrap my head around that at all and of me, course green bay wins easily because of course they do i, what, I, I don't i don't get that what do we think about a four and a half point favorite of the steelers against the browns i mean listen i know we can throw out what we saw this past week and the steelers come back with you know most of their players and whatnot but so we're seeing a a 14 point swing in the line from, you know, Big Ben being out there, TJ Watt being back out there, Hayward being back out there. I mean, you know, a lot of key players coming back, but um, too much or right about right? Uh, I think the Browns stink. So I think... You know what definitely stinks is that Browns defense. They're, this team is not good at football. Like, it's just, it's amazing they are where they are. Can see when you look at the metrics, you look at their point differential for the season. How is this team in the playoffs? And I don't think that's baked into the market like it should be right now. So I, and I think we're, we're seeing that in the market right now. The, the line is, is climbing. It, it's open four, dropped to three and a half. Now it's climbing back up again uh, with, um, with yeah. Ben you know, back under center. I mean, the, the Steelers' offense stinks too, but they have this elite defense. So at least yeah. they have a strength. I just, I, I, I think it's time to sell the, the Browns officially. Like this is it. Yeah. A, a flat four seems interesting to me on the Steelers. Um, there is, there is low key, maybe only three or four defenses worse in the NFL than the Browns. And the numbers would bear that out too if we wouldn't have had two games that were completely wiped out by weather. So the other, so two whole games where teams couldn't just light this defense up again to where we would be going, wow, this defense is terrible. Like think if there were two more games where they had given up 500 yards and 30 points or whatever, you know, like we would be like, wow, this team sucks. Like this defense is terrible, but you know, the, just the weather with 40 mile an hour winds, it just wasn't going to happen. So there were two games where this defense got off the hook, but man, it is, it is legitimately right down there with some of the very worst defenses in all of the NFL. In a must-win game on Sunday, they allowed 6.1 yards per play to Mason Rudolph yeah. and the Steelers' offense. Yeah. I, 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 they're not – yeah, they're, they're all really bad. Mason Rudolph went for 309 through the air. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like this, I, I think the flat four – is a very interesting number to me. And I know, I know the Steelers don't inspire a bunch of enthusiasm. There's no doubt about that. I mean, that offense, like you said, it, it definitely stinks, but you don't have to be that good to, to beat up on this Browns defense. And so uh, initial lean there too to the flat four. We'll talk about all of these games in depth on Friday. So be sure and tune in. We'll have all the written breakdowns on the, uh, on the games as well over at the lines and at play picks, Brett, the early splits from DraftKings, bills getting all of the handle and bets, uh, on the, on the seven well, the, uh, bad line. I mean, that's, yeah. that's part of it. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, the Rams and Seahawks actually pretty split uh, almost 50, 50 actually on the handle as far as that spread of four and a half, the bucks and the football team, no surprise here. The bucks taking all of the money. Uh, the football team did nothing to inspire in front of the entire nation on Sunday night, Ravens and Titans about 50, 50 split here. So people are either liking the Ravens or liking the three and a half there from the Titans. As far as that one, the Bears and the Saints, about a 60-40 split, which is pretty interesting to me, Brett. There are a lot of people who think that maybe that nine and a half is too much to be catching with the Chicago Bears and the Browns and Steelers, almost 50-50 there as well, split on that four. So we're going to have a bunch of action on both sides, it seems, for the majority of these games. Only two games where it's really lopsided betting right now so uh it'll be fun to see how these lines kind of toggle back and forth because it seems like we're going to have some resistance points on both sides and and these numbers uh could continually move basically uh, you know a a lot throughout the week yeah interesting we've got some numbers here that are kind of that dead zone too so yeah we'll see yeah we'll see a lot of moving back and forth between like you know the eight and a half nine and a half seven and a half areas so the uh, Super Bowl odds, not really, uh, not really much of a shocker. All of the teams that you would expect to be at the top or at the top. And then the teams where, you know, you don't expect the Chiefs plus 225. They get the buy Packers plus 450. They get the buy baked into that line is the fact that they get a free win, obviously, with the buy. So now it's Bills seven to one Saints seven and a half to one. Then we get into double digits real quick. Bucks 10 to one Ravens 11 to one Seahawks 13 to one Steelers 22 to one Titans 28 to one Rams 33 to one Colts 40 Browns 50 Bears 100 and football team 100. Uh, I think the football team and the Bears are priced appropriately, probably the Browns as well. Um, tough to tough to back that Titans team with that porous defense. Another low key, horrible, horrible, horrible defense that uh, just gets bailed out by a really good offense. Um, if you had to bet one of these, I mean, like, like, let's just say one, does anything jump off the page to you too? If you had to bet one, which one would you go with? Are we talking long shots? I mean, you know, wh- whatever. No, let's just say if you had to bet one, like you were going to you were going to put your hard earned money down on one of these. I OK, so I'm looking at I think there are four. No, three teams that pose a legit threat to Kansas City right now. One is the Bills. And then in the NFC, the Bucks and the Packers and the best price I can find out of those is the Bucks at plus 1000. I think the ceiling for the Bucks is a Super Bowl title. I think they have enough on offense and defense. They are so explosive at wide receiver and Tom Brady's developed chemistry with all of these guys. Now they look they look good again. It's been mm-hmm. Jekyll and Hyde all year, but they look good again. And I think this is the I think I think the Bucks are the team that come out of the NFC. Uh, they've got a pretty easy path to get there facing Washington in the first round. So that would be my bet. Buccaneers plus one thousand to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, pretty interesting to me. Whenever we look, I mean, how just how things have changed where we view the Saints team strictly. I mean, look, you got a forty-one-year-old quarterback with eleven broken ribs, and it's yeah. just it's it's real tough at that point. And, uh, and a star wide receiver who they had to put on IR because he couldn't stay healthy all season long. I mean, what are we even going to get from Michael Thomas whenever he comes back? We don't even know that, you know, what we're actually going to get from him. And so if you're talking, if you're talking dump offs to Alvin Kamara all day long, that'll win you maybe a game. I don't think that gets you through to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I'm kind of with you there on the Saints and all of these other teams just have gigantic warts that are very that are just too hard to ignore i mean the ravens again we talk about this time and time again i mean if they don't get out to a lead it's just very tough for them to play from behind and you know are you do you really think they're going to come out and just put it on the chiefs or the bills you know probably not so it's they can't just be casey they yeah. cannot be casey that's, it's I mean, just, and that, that's it. That's why I, I can't like I love the way they're playing football right now. But when you match them up with that offense, they, they don't stand a chance. And and you go to these other teams, I mean, the Steelers, we just talked about it. Horrible offense. You go down yeah. to the Titans. Worst one of the worst defenses you're ever going to see like out there. Rams don't have a quarterback. Uh, you got you get down to the Colts. What in the hell is up with this Colts team? It's like 
every game they give you like 20 minutes where you're like, wow, this team might could win the Super Bowl. And then the other 40 minutes of the game, you're sitting there scratching your head going, how the hell did this team even win any games? Like, I, I, I don't even know what I get in this Colts team from from week to week. They're just mediocre. Yeah, there's nothing exciting about this team. I, they're just, you know, offensively. I mean, defensively, they were they were rated near the top of the league metrically. And then we I mean, as we expected, they kind of fell off and then they kind of are who we thought they were. And the offense is like, especially now with Costanzo out, they I mean, that's a huge piece. They've kind of been restructuring this offensive line. That's where their strength is on this offensive side of the ball. I yeah, I don't I don't think the Colts get very far in this. No, they need. You want to talk about a team that needs to make a move for a quarterback? Yeah, there's too much talent on that team. To, to just piss that away. Like it, they need to make a move. They need to make a move quick. We talked about it with the Browns. Yeah. 50 to one. Look, no defense whatsoever. They're they're No chance. Bears can't score. No chance at hundred to one And the Washington football team. As we know, maybe the worst, one of the worst teams to ever get into the playoffs in, in, in NFL history. So uh, yeah, nothing there. No surprise. Chiefs drawn the majority of the handle as far as the Super Bowl. Um, as far as the Super Bowl pool goes over at DraftKings, the Bucks are next at 12%, Bills at 9%, Packers at 8%, Ravens and Steelers both at 7, Saints at 5, Seahawks at 5, and that'll uh and then the Titans at 3 as far so as these, the uh these the playoffs are teams. for the whole season, right? Right. I think these are for the whole season. So this is interesting because I mean the Bucks were the popular team before the season started. I mean they were getting all the Super Bowl handle early on. Yeah. So that they they They've fallen quite a bit. I think, I mean, obviously the Bills have taken a lot of action through the season. The Packers have taken a lot of action through the season as well, and uh, the Steelers too. But yeah, the Bucks have kind of, they're still there at number two overall, but they've, they've definitely fallen. So I think people have fallen out of love with the Buccaneers through the season. We have the College Football National Championship on tap as well. We have the, uh, that will take go down on the 11th, so a week from today, Ohio State and Alabama. Alabama, seven and a half point favorites, a total of 76, Brett, in the national championship game. Uh, how Again, how the, uh, how the game has evolved, right? It used to be like these massive stud defenses from Alabama and Ohio State, and uh, you'd be like, wow, how are they going to score at all? Now it's like, no. These offenses are so incredibly awesome that it doesn't even matter how good the defense is. 76 is your total. Um, Look, we've said it all along that it was going to be Alabama. We've continued to say that it was going to be Alabama. Does this change at all for you saying that it's going to be Alabama? No. They're going to win. I just don't know if they cover. They're going to win. I just don't know if they, I just don't know if they cover. The hook is interesting to me, I guess. But I'm not, if you think I'm betting against this Alabama team, you're like, you're, there's just no way in the world. So yeah, I would be on, I would be on Bama or pass. I have not made a bet on this game yet. I'll just be fully, I'll just be fully transparent. Yeah. I don't imagine. I I just haven't watched enough college football this year to really have any conviction on either one of these teams, but I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to watch Alabama play against Justin Fields here. Steve Sarkeesian, of course, the offensive coordinator of Alabama, gets the job at Texas. He is going to stay and be the OC for the national championship game before he goes and takes over his duties as head coach over there at Texas. So do not worry about that if you want to back the Crimson Tide in this thing. Um, Brett, you and I, big golf bettors, love to bet golf. Uh, We're in a pretty cool little golf pool as well that we'll keep you updated about as the season goes on with that. But uh, we're back with golf here in 2021. I was just telling my wife yesterday how excited I am. We're entering <laughs> like the NFL playoffs and like NHL is coming back and NBA is here. And all I can talk about is golf. I'm so excited for golf to be back. I, I, I never thought I would be this person, but here we are. And I, it, a lot of it is because of how great golf is with betting and DFS. Yeah. It's so much fun, man. I, I can't wait. I'm pumped. It really is. And this is going to be the century uh, tournament of champions. If you guys, uh, I mean, loaded, loaded, loaded field. If you want to watch this, you're going to know every golfer essentially that is teeing it up. I mean, Dustin Johnson, John Rom, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Bryson, Cantlay, Reed, Simpson, Hovland, Matsuyama, Finau, Morikawa, Berger. It goes on and on and on. Um, those being your favorites here. I'm looking at this board and, and Brett, it's early in the week. I, I, you know, I'm, 
I haven't really dug into this. I'm just coming out of the NFL week here. But when I look, I understand how awesome Dustin Johnson is. Do not get me wrong. But when you are looking at a field like this, which is essentially, you know, the cream of the crop, top to bottom, you're just not going to make money very often betting on a guy that's six and a half to one to win a tournament in a field this incredibly loaded. Now, is he the favorite? He is. He's like been the most consistent best golfer in the world over the last three years. But I mean, I just you're going to lose money more times than not if you're betting guys at six and a half to one and outrights. And so just not my style. I know there's probably people out there who who do that type of thing, but um Dustin's not going to win one every six tournaments that he tees up. So it's just, you know, one guy wins like one guy wins a golf tournament, you know, like, like one guy. And if that one guy doesn't win, then you don't hit your outright bet. So uh, won't, won't catch me betting on Dustin Johnson. That's for sure. Nor I, I'm actually not going to bet this one at all. I don't like the small field events. My prep is really going to start next week. Um, yeah. I'm going to dive into the numbers and try to identify some players who might be in for some positive regression or, or might fall off this year. But um, yeah, I'm just going to kind of, I mean, this is, it's at a beautiful course this week. I'm just going to sit back and watch it and uh, see you and how me some both. of these guys start their year. You and me both. I think it's way better for me to, I think it's way better for me to just kind of see how these guys look, see what's going on, see if any of them decided to take the break and go get fat or something or whatever it might be. And, you know, uh, and and then, and start everything up uh, next week for sure. One of the uh, little bit of news, we do that here from, from time to time. And, and Nevada Brett set a, a betting handle record for the month of November yet it was still $300 million behind that of New Jersey. And that is just letting you know what we've kind of been beating the drum about here, uh, you know, for the last year on this podcast was the fact that these other states were going to catch Nevada. And not only were they going to catch Nevada, they were going to surpass Nevada. It, you know, we, we had already gotten there with New Jersey, but now it is just so incredibly, I mean, we're setting records in Nevada while getting surpassed by $300 million in handle over in New Jersey. It won't be long before Pennsylvania. It won't be long before Illinois. Um, it's certain pro- maybe even Michigan with, uh, with that population in Michigan as well before they uh, take over Nevada as well as far as handle goes, unless some serious changes get made here. You know, you're in a state that's kind of like a situation like mine. Now I do have mobile wagering, so I am able to bet in game or whatever, but we're both in states that have held on to these archaic rules and have not gotten in with the, with the rest of the world here. Well, the rest of the country, I should say. And, you know, I'm in Nevada where there is no mobile registration. There is no mobile funding. There is no, uh, internet betting. So like, I can't bet on my computer for whatever I can bet on my phone, but I cannot bet on my computer for whatever reason. And like all this, this ridiculous archaic, uh, rules and everything that live out there. We just, we mentioned earlier in the pod, you can't bet mobily in New York, but you can drive down the street and do it physically, which is just absurd. So, um, you know, here's to hoping in 2021 cooler heads prevail that, you know, maybe everybody just takes a step back and goes, you know, just because we were doing something for this long in the case of Nevada or in your case, you know, guys, we really should just go ahead and agree on something here and get this done so that we quit funneling all this money across the border over into New Jersey. Uh, or in, I mean, hell, it's closer to you to go to, for, to Pennsylvania, right? Like you, you, what you used to before you had the casinos up the road, right? I still do because I can't yeah. bet on Fox bet and, and DraftKings and FanDuel unless I drive down the hour to Erie, Pennsylvania. It's yeah. ridiculous. And yeah. yeah, that's great. That's great for New Jersey. But yeah, where's a lot of that money coming from right across the state <laughs> yeah. border? Yeah, I just like I don't I, it, it's baffling, man. Like all this money that New York could be making right now. Uh, I know. Me it's hurt. it's insanity. And then even here, I mean, uh, like uh, even with the record handle, Brett, it was still only 54% was done over mobile where we know as we, where we know that 96%. 90. Yeah. Like 96% yes, is done, you know, mobily uh, in every other state that allows for, for mobile betting. So it's just, uh, it's just crazy craziness. Um, it's always going to be a more over the counter state here in Nevada. So we're never going to get into that high nineties like everybody else, because there's such large betters that bet here and, you know, they just bet, you know, large sums of money over the counter, but you could get to 70% or 75% over the, over, over mobile. And then at that point you're making so much more money because people are betting and repeat betting and all that. It's just, it's nutso. So, you know, as we will continue to follow 
all the news here with all these states, but uh, Michigan coming online pretty soon. Uh, Colorado is going very, very well. Tennessee has gone well to to uh, get started over there. So we'll have a lot of states that we'll be monitoring. Uh, and of course, our sister site over at Legal Sports Report does that as well. MGM has put in a bid to buy Intain. If you've never heard of Intain, don't feel bad. It was just became Intain like two weeks ago. So it's uh, it's formerly GVC. They had that partnership with them, Brett. We've talked about that on the pod before where, you know, MGM kind of has this, this sports betting partnership with a British company, GVC, and GVC has taken over and runs their app and runs, you know, the back end of, of everything that MGM does from a sports betting standpoint. You might have heard of Ladbrokes before. GVC owns Ladbrokes. B-Win, they own B-Win. But uh, MGM looks like they are trying to acquire that company, a la the whole Caesars-William Hill thing, where Caesars had gone into a partnership with William Hill, and then Caesars went in and just acquired William Hill. So it seems as if, uh, you know, we saw this in the DFS world. We saw this in the poker world. You and I have lived through both of those that Something something new and exciting launches, sports betting being the case here. Everybody gets involved, and then we start to get to the consolidation phase, yep. and it looks like we're starting to kind of enter that consolidation phase right now. Yeah, and it's just going to keep happening. Over the years, eventually we'll get down to where there are, you know, the two, three big giants. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of companies trying to enter the space and compete right now, but really I think the end goal is to just sell off to one of the big boys. Well, MGM, if they were able to uh, to acquire that, according according to the rumors, it would be kind of along what Caesars did with William Hill, where they would keep the U.S. operations and try to spin off the rest of world stuff because they don't really know about running a sports book in Europe or in Latin America or whatever stuff like that. So they would uh, look to kind of spin that off as well. Uh, and finally, guys, a very very exciting uh, happening for us. If you have been watching. Um, if you have been watching our YouTube channel, our YouTube videos, I've been, you know, breaking down some of the Island games, me and Brett and Brad breaking down individual other games that we've posted on the channel. We appreciate all the support over there. Well, we're keeping it going this year. We're not going to like go down between seasons. We're going to keep going into the NBA. We have Josh and Nate who are going to be doing videos on all the big slates for us. And uh, Brett, you know, people might recognize Nate's Nate whenever, uh, you know, whether you see his name, he's been doing a lot of work for us over the last several years. But, um, you know, first one went live today. Be sure and go in and subscribe. It is backslash play picks over on YouTube. Um, go and subscribe and that'll hit you every day that there's a big slate of NBA games. And the first one's out today. And I'll, I'll tell you, man, I'm, I'm really proud of those guys. I think it is a very informative, quick hitting piece. We're talking about getting you out of there in 10, 12 minutes, you know, every day, that's going to be the goal. And so it's a, it's a quick hitter and just kind of inform you on all the day's news and give you some quick thoughts on some picks and whatnot. And, um, I'm really looking forward to the NBA season. Yeah, if you're if you're busy during the day, I mean, this is kind of a must watch if you need a quick primer on what is going on in the NBA today, what to watch for, such as you know injuries, load management, roster shakeups, anything that can impact a betting line or, or DFS for that day. Uh, Josh and Nate are going to break it all down, and they are childhood friends, so the banter is great between the two of them, and, and it'll continue to get better uh, as mm-hmm. they get into the flow of things. But uh, yeah, great first video today. Again, it's 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 a must watch if you do bet on NBA every day, and if you want to get some action down early in the day, uh, the video should drop around what noon between noon and one Eastern time. Yeah, and if you are a even and if you're a DFS player as well, like you know, this is also just a great this is a great little primer. Like like uh, Brett said. Every single day, it'll give you the lines, it'll give you the totals, it'll give you the injury news, it'll give you the things to monitor, which are all, as you know, very important if you're playing even NBA DFS. And there'll be some uh, some DFS thoughts along the way as well. You know, should a key player be sitting out? Who's going to be that backup? Is he a value play? You know, is he, you know, a guy that's looking to get more minutes? Whatever it might be, they're going to throw those nuggets in as well. So this is good for sports betters, good for DFS players, and good for anybody that just wants to keep up with what's going on in the NBA. So again, uh, YouTube. Uh, dot com slash backslash play picks and uh, go in and subscribe and that'll hit you every day and well every day there's a big slate of NBA games and so we're real happy for that as well uh, guys like we said we will be breaking down the playoffs top to bottom over at play picks over at the lines um, be sure and check everything out that we have on there and again we'll have a big big podcast on Friday 
with me and Brad and Brett breaking down all these games from top to bottom, ins and outs of, of everything that goes along with all these games on Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to do as much prep work for this week as I've done all season long to make sure that you're going to get every angle of this. And so what we'll try to do, since there's only six games, we'll have more time to talk is kind of talk you through angles from both sides and and see if, you know, if 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 we're not on the side that we think, that, or if we're not on the side that you're on, maybe we can at least give you some points for for your side as well. So we want to give you, you know, a case for this team, a case for this team, a case for the over, a case for the under, and stuff like that so that we can really, really, you know, give you as much actionable information on all of these games as we can do. So we'll work to do that, and hopefully we continue this uh, pretty good NFL season that we've had going on here with betting. If you want to follow Brett, even though he doesn't tweet all that much, he's at Brett Colson. That's going to be your New Year's resolution for 2021. This is the year. 2021, you are going to send (laughs) at least five tweets a week. God damn it. Five tweets a week is all I'm asking from you. All right. Like not that much. No, it's not. I should be doing at least five a day in my position. You should. But we're going to start with five a week and then we'll, yeah, we're going to start with five a week and then we'll move, move on from there. If you want to follow me at Matt Brown M2, of course, Brad, that'll be with us on Friday at Brad Allen NFL. And if you follow the main account at the lines, US. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys on Friday.